Well, good morning. Our theme is Our Great Hope. And as we talk about Our Great Hope, we're going to look at uh, understanding a little bit about the Levitical law and the Old Testament and understanding how does that help us to understand the gospel of Christ. Uh, we're going to, matter of fact, Jesus is the ultimate scapegoat. And we're going to look at that in just a moment. And when we talk about scapegoats in our culture and our history, there are two that come to mind immediately for me. The first one, if you'll remember, uh, was something called, or someone called uh, Mrs. O'Leary's cow. Remember that, the great Chicago fire in 1871? There was a great fire that went throughout Chicago and literally devastated the city. Over 300 people were killed, nearly 2,000 buildings, which was most of the Chicago town area at that point, were burned to the ground. And it was said that what happened was uh, Mrs. O'Leary was milking her cow when the cow kicked and knocked over a lantern and the hay caught on fire and it burned the whole city. And now she vehemently denied that and said that was not true. But people kept on believing it, but then it was proved later on that, in matter of fact, it was one of her neighbors who had been smoking near her barn and had put out a cigarette, had flicked a cigarette, and that's how the Chicago fire started. But for a long time, and still many people would think, it was Miss O'Leary's cow. It was the scapegoat, or in this case, the scape cow that everybody believed. Or uh, another one that we would certainly be aware of, would be uh, the Jews during Nazi Germany, as Hitler made the Jews the scapegoat uh, as he built the Third Rank. He blamed the loss of the First World War on the Jews and the economic depression at that time in Germany upon the Jews and got a lot of people to believe it. There was already an anti-Semitic spirit in parts of Germany, and he capitalized on that. And he was able uh, to use them as a scapegoat uh, there in Germany. And so those are two examples of scapegoats. Now, as we look at our text today, before we look at the priest and the goats, uh, I I want to read you a text from the book of Hebrews chapter 10 as we talk about this foreshadowing. We've talked about the foreshadowing, uh, the shadow of what is yet to come. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1, we've looked at this passage before. For since the law has but a shadow of the good things to come instead of the true form of these realities. It can never be by the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year. Make perfect those who draw near. For since the law has been but a shadow of the good things to come, the law, speaking of the Old Testament, the Old Testament law, instead of the true forms of the realities pointing toward Jesus Christ, and his fulfillment, it can never by the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year make perfect those who draw near. So as we look at that, I think there Augustine made a great quote uh, that I think this really sums it up and helps me to understand this, what's going on here. St. Augustine said this, the Old Testament is in the New Testament revealed. The new is in the old concealed. The Old Testament and the New Testament is revealed. What is he saying there? He's saying as you read the New Testament, it reveals the Old Testament, okay? The Old Testament reveals the New Testament. As we read the New Testament, we understand the Old Testament. We understand the fulfillment. But 
the New Testament was in the Old Testament, it was concealed though. They couldn't clearly see it. So the old is in the new revealed, the new is in the old concealed. Now, let's look at a couple of things that we're going to see here in just a moment. First of all, uh, we're going to see the old covenant way, the old means of salvation, the old way of making yourself pure and right before God in the Old Testament. So what, 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 what did it take? First of all, there had to be a high priest, someone who communicated, someone who was the mediator on behalf of the people. So there was a high priest. Secondly, there was a sacrificial lamb or a sacrificial goat, a sacrifice that was offered and the blood was applied to cover the sins of the people on Yom Kippur, Day of Atonement. And then there was a scapegoat on the Day of Atonement of which the sins were placed upon the goat and sent away. All right? So those are the three components, the three, old, the three ways that you approached God and you had your sins forgiven. Now, there were daily sacrifices that were transpiring every day, and these sins were transferred to the sanctuary. So what, what's happening here? Well, if someone has a sin against the law or someone comes and, and brings their offering, they would give it to the priest, and he would offer it uh, before God, and it would be placed, so to speak, in the sanctuary. But on the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, Yom meaning day, Kippur means covering, day of covering, the most holy, the most solemn day of the year on the Jewish calendar, then the sins were removed from the sanctuary by a scapegoat. By The sins were placed upon a goat and removed away. So what would happen? The sins of the people, uh, are, are the, uh, there's a sacrificial goat that's given, the priest goes to the Ark of the Covenant. We happen to have the Ark of the Covenant here today at Rock Point. The priest would sprinkle blood upon the mercy seat. It was believed to be the presence of God. And their sins are absorbed, so to speak. This is the, where the presence of God resides. It's where earth and heaven kind of meet right here. And this is the presence. This is the way it was done. And so the blood was sprinkled there. It's absorbed. But then on the Day of Atonement, um, those sins are removed by a scapegoat. And we're going to talk more about the scapegoat here in just a moment. So if you have your Bibles, let's look at the book of Leviticus chapter 16. Leviticus chapter 16, beginning with the sixth verse. Beginning with the sixth verse. There we go. Leviticus 16. Aaron, and Aaron, of course, is the high priest at this time. Aaron shall offer the bull as a sin offering for himself and shall make atonement for himself and for his household. So what is Aaron doing? Aaron's the high priest, but he has sin in his life as well that needs to be forgiven, that needs to be covered. So Aaron offers a bull for himself so that he can be clean, so that he can come before God Almighty. Because you can't just walk into the presence of God, the holiness of God, without having your sins dealt with and without there being some sacrifice to cover your sins. The Bible said uh, there can be no forgiveness of sin without the shedding of blood. So that's what's transpiring here for the high priest. So he makes himself clean and ready. Then he shall take two goats and set them before the Lord at the entrance of the tent of meeting. And Aaron shall cast lots over the two goats. So there are two goats that have come in, and these two goats are going to be used for the nation of Israel. So the first goat 
uh, excuse me, or first of all, there is, Aaron casts lots. These two coat, goats are chosen, and he throws lots, and the one that is chosen uh, is the goat that will be the sacrifice, and his blood will be applied to that altar. But then the second one of the God, it shall go to Azazel. The second goat shall be deemed as Azazel. Now, what does Azazel mean? Well, we're, we're not for sure, we're not exactly sure, but we know it's probably one of two things. Either Azazel means away with the goat, or it means go away, away. Go, it's, it's, basically, it's redundant. So it's either a phrase where it's saying away, as we look at the Semitic language, it's either basically saying the same thing twice, or it's saying away with the goat. Either way, we know it's, talk, it's basically saying away, get away. And so what would happen? Well, the, the uh, sins of that goat would be placed upon that goat's head. We'll read about it that in just a moment. And then a Gentile will lead them out and the people will yell and curse and celebrate that that goat is leaving. And that's what will transpire, okay? Now, we just happen to have for us today a high priest and a couple of goats. So just so you'll have a visual here. Uh, first guy, the first guy's a musician, so don't get distracted by him, all right? So the lots would be cast for these goats, and this goat right here, let's say that he got chosen to be the sacrificial goat, unfortunately, okay? And so his blood's applied to the count, to the, uh, or applied to the altar, and uh, then after that point, he is taken, uh, well, he doesn't have to be taken away. <laughs> All right. And then there's one goat left, and this is the Azazel goat. Now, you'll notice there's a red string around his head, and we'll talk about that later, uh, that represents uh, the sin, uh, that's the sin of the, uh, the people. And so let me read this next text as we continue here. And so, and Aaron shall, suprint, shall present the goat on which the lot fell for the Lord and use it as a sin offering. But the goat on which the lot fell for Azazel shall be presented alive before the Lord to make atonement over it, that it may be sent away into the wilderness. So this is the picture of the atonement, the red cord, the blood, the sins that have been atoned, that have been covered, and have been placed upon the goat. And now it's going to be led away into the wilderness. And uh, many scholars believe that it was led, led into the west. And as the Bible says, as far as the east is from the west so shall your sins be removed. And so here's a picture of the sins of the people being placed upon the goat. And matter of fact, if we go to verse 20 right here, verse 20 of chapter 16, and when he has made, speaking of Aaron, an end of atoning for the holy place in the tent of meetings and the altar, he shall present the live goat. And Aaron shall lay both his hands on the head of the live goat and confess over it all the iniquities of the people of Israel and all their transgressions and all their sins. And he shall put them on the head of the goat and send it away into the wilderness by the hand of a man who, who, in his readiness. And by the way, that man would be a Gentile. Wouldn't be a Jew because it's it's loaded with the sins of the people, okay? And so they, they would hire a Gentile to take it, and it's going to be taken, uh, the, 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 some of the Jewish commentaries tell us, five Sabbaths away. So they're going along with five Sabbaths, so it's at least 35 days away. And the goat shall bear their iniquities on itself to a remote area, and then he shall let the goat free in the wilderness. So what does Aaron do? So one goat has been sacrificed, the blood has been applied to the count. So that covering, but now the sins are taken 
And Aaron puts his hands on the head of the goat. You don't like that, do you? And he puts his hands on the head of the goat, and he confesses all the sins of the people upon it and the sins of the nation. And as he confesses that, um, the process begins, and then after he's done, the goat is led away by the high priest 35 to 40 days away. And the people, you know what they say as they lay there, Azazel, Azazel, as he goes, take him away, take him away, as they see the sins removed. So that's a little picture of what transpires during that time. Now, that's so interesting, but I'll tell you what's even more interesting. Uh, I want to encourage you to, to look with me in the scriptures here in the Gospel of John. Now, in John chapter 18, verse 14... 1814. Uh, matter of fact, we have it right here. It says, it was Caiaphas who advised the Jews that it would be expedient, and Caiaphas, by the way, is the high priest, expedient that one man should die for the people. Now, this is Caiaphas, the high priest. He's talking about Jesus. Now, let's go to chapter 19 of the Gospel of John, beginning with the first verse. John chapter 19, beginning with the first verse. Then Pilate took Jesus and flogged him. And the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head and arrayed him in a purple robe. Now, Jesus has a crown of thorns placed upon his head. When those thorns are jammed down into Jesus' head, what happens? Blood. Blood begins to stream down his face, and there's a red cord of blood around his head. Remember the red cord on the scapegoat? Let's continue reading. Let's go to John chapter, same chapter, John chapter 19, verses 14 through 16. Now it was the day of preparation of Passover. It was about the sixth hour. And he said to the Jews, behold your king. And they cried out. What did they say first? What are they going to say right here? Away with him. Away with him. Your translation might say, take him away. Take him away. And initially say it twice. Take him away. Take him away. Crucify him. What was said to Azazel? As a matter of fact, we literally think that's the etymology. Take him away. Take him away. You think this is coincidence? I think not. Pilate said, shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, we have no king but Caesar. So he delivered him over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus. And who took Jesus to Golgotha? The Romans, Gentiles. You see Jesus as the ultimate scapegoat. The sins are applied to him as Caiaphas prophesies, not even know it, in John 18, 14. And then in 19, 1, we see the crown of thorns placed upon his head. And then in verses 14 through 16, when Jesus presented, what did they say? Take him away. Take him away. Azazel. Amazing if you stop to think about it. So let's look at this for just a moment. Let's look at the New Testament compared to the Old Testament. The New Testament. The Old Testament revealed in the New Testament. The scapegoat would be chosen by the high priest. Jesus is arrested by the authority of the high priest. The sin of Israel is placed upon the scapegoat. The sin of the world is placed upon Jesus. The red cord around his head 
symbolize the sin and symbolize the blood upon the goat's head as it's taken away. The crown of thorns on Jesus' head causes his head to bleed. Gentiles lead the goat, Azazel, away. Jesus is led out by Gentiles. The Jews chant when the scapegoat is being taken away, take him away, take him away, Azazel. The Jews chant when Jesus is being, when Jesus is proclaimed, take him away, take him away. The New Testament making clear the gospel even through the Old Testament. We have been so blessed in our time to see the full revelation of Christ's crucifixion and understand it and to see it here in Scripture. As we consider that and think about that, there's one other thing that used to happen. That red rope that was tied upon the goat's head, when they got to the wilderness, according to the missioner, they would take it off and then they would bring it back. They'd bring it all the way back. And then there's some debate about where it was hung. Some say it was hung upon the altar. Some say upon the door of the temple. Uh, Let's just say it was on the door of the temple. It would be hung there. And um, what's interesting, the Mishnah is a Jewish source. It's a Jewish commentary, uh, basically, of the Old Testament is is what it is. And it, it also gives some instructions about how to do things and how to live and gives some history and things of that nature. But the Mishnah records that during that time what would happen is they would bring that cord and they would set it upon, let's say, the temple door, uh, and it would be red. But over the course of the year, that cord would turn white. And they just noticed this was something that happened year after year after year. Uh, For example, or or what it makes me think of is Isaiah 118. What's Isaiah 118? Though your sins are as scarlet, they shall be made white as snow. So this red cord uh, would turn white. And this happens year after year after year after year until, and this is again a Jewish short source, 30 AD, guess what happens? This cord quits turning white. Now it's just red. Now what happened in 30 AD? Jesus was born, most scholars would say, around 3 BC. And in 30 AD, Jesus is crucified. He becomes the completion, the complete sacrifice. No longer is there a need for goats to be sacrificed, for a goat to be taken away, or even a high priest. And that's, it continued to stay red until 70 AD when the temple was destroyed. Powerful. I think that's, if we're honest... And if we're really sincere as we look at the scripture and we see what's been transpiring, I don't think, I think it's undeniable to see the spirit of God working in and throughout all of scripture. And we get to be blessed to see the revelation and have an understanding that the Jews never had. Because we have been blessed with the gift of Jesus Christ who took our sins upon him who bled and covered because the Bible said there can be no forgiveness of sin without the shedding of blood, who shed his blood on our behalf so that we'd be covered, so we'd be atoned. But not only that, the sins were placed upon his head. 
And he was taken away to Golgotha. And he was crucified on a cross and then placed in a grave. But we know on the third day, he rose again. That's the message of the gospel today. You know, there's a lady out at, in Teague, Texas. who uh, Her name is Shirley Durgert. And uh, for her 54th birthday, she decided that she would do something wild and extraordinary. All her kids were out. Uh, all her kids were grown and married now. And so she wanted to do something. So she decided to go skydiving. So she went to a skydiving spot, which, matter of fact, I had the opportunity to do about 15 years ago. And I don't need to do it again. But uh, I know a little bit about what it felt like. And when you go to one of these places, you know, they, take you, they give you some instruction. And then they're going to have you tandem skydive. In other words, you're going to be attached to a professional skydiver, all right? So mine was a Bel- Belgian uh, paratrooper. And um, anyway, that's beside the point. But um, you're attached to them, and they take you to a plane. I remember the guy literally having to push me out. I didn't know they would do that. I, I didn't think I'd have a fear of jumping out of a plane. I know you're going, what? But I thought I'd be fine, but I kept worrying about those blades that were right there. You know what I mean? And um, so finally he pushes me out, and we go down. And after a while, he said, are you ready? He said, pull this cord, pull the cord. If my cord had not worked, he had a cord. So we both had, we both had parachutes. Well, Shirley's going with Mark Hartford, and as they're going down, <coughs> he says, uh, okay, it's time to pull the cord. Well, her cord is entangled somehow with his cord, and he works on it and works on it. Then he starts working on his, and it's apparent that neither one are going to open. <coughs> and Shirley said, I just decided this was my time to go. But at some point, he realized, Mark realizes, hey, I, we're going to hit the ground. So he tells her, kick your feet up, and he puts his body underneath her. And when they hit the ground, he absorbs the shock. And although she has a couple of broken bones and bruised ribs, she's literally able to get up later and walk um, that same day. So, I mean, he basically absorbed most of the impact, most of the pressure, uh, most of the bone-crushing hit with his body. Now, he would become basically a, a vegetable at that point. But he gave his life so that she might live. He absorbed the pain. He absorbed the death so that she might live. That is exactly what Jesus Christ did for us. He absorbed our sin. He absorbed the death so that we might be seen as cleansed and forgiven. He is our high priest. No longer do we need a high priest that mediates on our behalf, for Jesus is the ultimate high priest and mediator on our behalf. Jesus is our sacrificial atonement. His blood is applied to our account, and it covers our sins. But not only that, he was also the scapegoat who removed the sin as far as the east is from the west. So that when I see God, not only am I cleansed and forgiven, my sin has been completely removed and taken away. Have you ever come to the place where you've had your sins taken away? Where you put your faith in Jesus Christ, just like, uh, just like Shirley Decker did, is she, she spread out her, she pulled up her legs, and she trusted this instructor. She didn't know what he was doing, but she trusted him with her life. And he absorbed the death for her. That's exactly what Christ has done for us. Have you received him? Let's pray. 
Father, thank you so much for your gracious and loving kindness. Thank you, Lord, that you have absorbed our sin and death and that you've removed it. Thank you that Jesus Christ is now our mediator on our behalf and he's interceding for us. He's speaking for us, Lord, as we pray and as we seek your heart. Thank you for the grace and forgiveness that we've received. Lord, prepare our hearts as we prepare to receive from the table of the Lord this morning. And may your name be praised and glorified. In the name of Jesus, we ask all these things according to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Amen.